Today, we take the conversation a notch higher, taking it beyond, go and collect your PVC. We did a whole lot of that last week to the point where we're saying lay your cards on the table to weigh your options as a citizen, as a young person you have a stake in this election. People choose their favorites and go all out to defend their choices. But guess what? That is the beauty of democracy. The array of options available to choose from, however, the politics and elections are a game of number and also a popularity contest, if you like to use that word. The choice may be uh, different from others. In, in all, one person will eventually emerge winner in a presidential election, either at the first ballot or the second ballot. There must be a winner at the end of the day. Above personal choices, there is a collective goal, and that one puts the nation first. And tonight, we'll be discussing all of that and very much more. Our country, Nigeria, is our end goal. It's our main agenda. And as young people, wherever you may be listening or watching, that should be your goal. We should love this country. And that is the reason why you're going all out on the 25th of February to cast your ballot and vote for the right person that you think deserve to be Nigeria's president. The question we're asking tonight, who do you think is best to lead Nigeria going from the 2023 uh, February 25th election? Who do you think is best to be Nigeria's president? And that's the question we have tonight. I have very passionate Nigerians across different interests and uh, diverse uh, culture and, and um, uh, sectors and, and beliefs. I have joining me right here in the podcast studio, a rights activist and uh, a lawyer who will soon be going to law school. <laughs> Mr. Dejari, thank you so much, Deji, for joining us. Thank you, sir. <laughs> And I have Felix Yusuf, F.S. Yusuf, that's what all of you know him as. He is a member of the Labour Party and is a social commentator. Thank you so much, F.S., for, for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. And virtually, uh, I have one of my friends. Uh, I don't call a lot of people my friend, but she's my very good friend. Adiola Fayeun. She is a host of Keeping It Real with Adiola, you know, uh, a Saturday show. Adela joins us from the United States virtually. And uh, also virtually, we'll be joined by um, uh, another very vibrant Nigerian who is a lawyer and a member of the People's Democratic Party, Anthony Hehilabo. And uh, in the same space, we have uh, one of Nigeria's fine actors um, who is a member of the APC, Hawa Alabura. She joins us also virtually. That is our panelist for tonight, and it hopes to be some very interesting engagement. We are not on TV. You have the say as an average Nigerian. But before we get started with the conversation tonight, let me give you a sort of a uh, premise on which this conversation will stand. And uh, this package, this report, will allow you to get a sense into where the direction of this conversation tonight will be. I'd like you to watch this. And then they are closely followed by 33.4 million or 35.75% middle-aged voters between the ages of 35 and 49. 
put together these two categories constitute 75.39% of registered voters in Nigeria. So actually the 2023 election is the election of the young people because they have the numbers. Even the majority of the PVCs collected actually are collected by young people. So out of the 93.4 million, 70.4 million registered voters are between the ages of 18 and 49. That was succinctly captured by the INEC chairman at the Chatham House appearance. By the numbers, the youths are in the majority and could determine who becomes the next president of Nigeria. There are 18 presidential candidates in the race to become president. Nigerians have a tough task of selecting one candidate on February 25th. Who would bring solutions to the long list of issues bothering the minds of every Nigerian? How can we ensure that our healthcare workers get proper remuneration? And most importantly, I want a government that looks like you and I. See, I'm a young person. I want to have a government that understands that young people and the youth have a role to play in governance. But do the average Nigerian youth understand what the issues are? The Independent National Electoral Commission, INIC, recorded a greater number of registered youth voters in 2022. It is time for Nigerian youths to take advantage of their numerical strength and queue behind a candidate with prospects to give them the Nigeria of their dreams. I particularly would say I want a leader that will put my interests and others first. We want a, a person that would deliver on their manifesto. A person that will remember that yesterday you were once part of the citizen, today you are, you are the hands of affairs, the ESCO. It's not forever. It's, not, it's a limited term. It has to be stable, it has to be rational, somebody who is not partial, somebody who is pan-Nigeria. Not just pan-Nigeria. Somebody who sees a Yoruba man, a Hausa man, ethic, Juku, Nupi as one. The big question is, who is the right candidate for the 2023 elections? Or who is best to lead Nigeria in 2023? What should be on the mind of any average voter when they are going to exercise their, fr I mean, to, to vote on the 25th of February? Yes, basically, Nigerians should be made to realize that, you know, they have to this time around choose people that are different, people that have not been in government before. We have been hearing over the years that uh, we should elect leaders who are experienced. And some of us will ask, experience in what? Stealing, looting public funds, experience in impunity. In 2015, when the Boadis were going mad in this country, and they were insulting almost all of us in the name of the marketing of Messiah, we warned them that if it looks like fraud and it sounds like fraud, it is fraud. But we were called all sorts of names. Today, people are buying for petrol for almost 400 naira. A bag of rice is 38,000 naira. So, there is no Messiah anywhere. You know, and those who have been in government, who have shown the capacity to loot public funds or abuse the privilege and the duty of care imposed of them by, the, by law, should not be elected in this election. We should try new people, people who have not had the opportunity of being close to government 
who have not stolen public funds, who have not misappropriated public funds, who has not abused public office, you know, for personal gains. And there are 14 other, uh, 13 of them on the ballot. Uh, on the 18 that were... Yes, yes, yes. So we need to try those people. We have been trying experience thieves for many decades now, and we are not succeeding. So I think Nigerians should look out of the box, you know, of the conventional politics, politicians, and, and look for people that will indeed help recover our nation. One thing I can tell you in my opening remark is very simple that if Tinubu wins this next election, the country will be as if we are in a mourning period. If Atiku wins, people will be a little bit relieved. At least, at least Tinubu did not win and the APC did not win. If Obi wins, there will be so much excitement and celebration in the country. Konkoso, same thing. But if Showare wins, all the politicians will run away from this country. Why? Because many of them know that they are in trouble. Even at the Peace Pact yesterday, a senior citizen, an elder statesman in this country says, if you win, many of us will run away from this country. If the SD SDP candidate wins, many politicians will run away from this country. So, we must, it's either we are doing a revolution or we are doing politics. Is it a revolution that we need or we need people who can fix this country? We have been trying politics since 1999. It's not working. So, there must be some form of revolution. Either at the ballot or as protest. But the people must sincerely take away their country from politicians. These conventional all the people on the ballot have been people who have been the the four major contenders, Tinobu, Atiku, Obi, Pomposo, these are these are perpetual politicians who have been contesting almost all their lives. And they've been jumping from either PDP to APC to this to that. So Nigerians have experienced them. And there's nothing exceptional. If somebody if somebody says he's coming to give you a a, a, a car. Or a nice shirt, show. The first thing you look at, look is what, what kind of car is he driving, or what kind of shirt is he wearing. So these people have had different opportunities to serve in different capacities in this country. What? How did they transform their states? Majority of them, their states are practically dustbins. Let, let me bring in uh, Diola Fayo into the conversation. Adela, um the same question I asked uh, DG about what should the young people be because. This program is, uh, this podcast is basically about young people and the voiceless people of this country, and they need to start putting their voices into the policy and governance of this country. What are your views on um, the kind of president that Nigeria needs? Nigerians are very brilliant people. We are very smart. We are very intelligent. We're we're capable. We've proved this in different parts of the world. You will see Nigerians thriving, you know, breaking ground, doing so many amazing things in different parts of the world, except in our politics. I think that's the only area where we have not reflected who we really are. And it's because we are not electing leaders that would reflect the kind of people that we are. 
Nigerians generally, we're very smart people. And if you put in people from different nationalities together, Nigerians will always stand out anywhere and everywhere we are, except when it comes to our, our politics. So I think we need to start electing leaders that would reflect the kind of people that we are. And I think for us to do that, the first myth we need to uh, do away with is how the pedestal on which we put our leaders, we always forget that they're supposed to go there to serve the people. We always forget that we're trying to elect people that would work for us. We act as if these people would be gods. And so we forget the basic, the, fund the fundamentals, which is who has the qualifications, who has the physical strength to do the job, who has the experience, like Deji was saying, it's not like experience in stealing, but in terms of, and, and most importantly, who can relate with the people? Who listens to the people? Who is approachable? Who has the confidence to get the job done? Who has the way without the resources and so on? And so I think if we can just do away with thinking that, oh, these people are God Almighty. And we're like, wait, this thing is a job after all. Being a president is a job after all. This and this is what it entails. When you are a president, you have to be a leader, but not just a leader, a servant leader, a leader that understands the people that he or she is representing, a leader that knows what the people are going through and how to get them to the next level, a leader that would listen. There are so many leaders that we've had that they're just there. They're not there to serve the people's interest. They don't even listen to complaints. The present administration that we have right now has no clue what a lot of people are going through. And the sad thing is in their mind, they think they're doing a great job. That, that's the, the reality is they don't even know what people are saying because they believe that they're doing a great job. We need leaders that would not just listen, but feel the people's pains. Let me bring uh, F.S. Yusufu. He's a supporter of... Uh, he's an obedient, isn't he? Sure. <laughs> uh, uh, by, if you go by what Deji and Deola uh, said today, um, what would you, how would you first and foremost react? Do we have the, a right person to lead Nigeria in the list of 18 candidates on the ballot? Sure, we do. I think, I think we've, we've gone from the era of, say, choose between lesser evil and evil to an era where you can choose between good and bad. Going into 2023 election, I expect Nigerians to look at this country in a situation whereby you are taking Nigeria to the hospital. And getting to the hospital, what are you looking at? You're looking at the best doctor to take care of the situation. I expect Nigerians to look at this election as a very critical election. The 2023 election is not just another election that we, we've been having in the past. A lot are at stake. This is a very critical election. Look at how government have been treating you in the past eight years. Who has your life been changing for? What political party has your life been changing for? How are you 2015 and how are you now? How is the situation? What can you afford 2015 and what is affordable now? How is healthcare? How is education? How is police brutality? How is security? Look at these parameters. Put them on the drawing board. Then, um, cross cross-check them with the candidates that are running for offices. Then look at these candidates. Open your hearts. Which candidates among these people running for offices has the empathy, the political will, the competence, the experience, and the policies to lead? 
which of these candidates is able to come into power and assure you that, hey, when you talk, I can listen? Which of these candidates is ready to come down to the level of the people? Do we have anybody in that, in, in that category? Based gladly, on gladly, I'll say Peter will be. Confidently. You think Peter will be the right man? Yes. I know he's the uh, right man. Anthony, um, of course, I mean, it goes beyond saying when i asking you, who do you think? But I know you support Atiku Abubakar. But if you go by what they are, and in fact, uh, those who say, oh, experience of corruption, there's none of these people who are supposed to be on the ballot and all of that. Let me get your view on that. Thank you very much. Good evening, everybody. Um, I slightly disagree um, on some of the criteria some of some people have stated. Um, I sort of agree with um, F.S. Yusuf, who says Nigeria is in a critical condition. And when you take uh, anyone in a critical condition to the hospital, um, you don't find the most brilliant surgeon you find the most experienced surgeon because uh, the experience counts when uh, the situation requires that uh, level of experience. Uh, I say this because um, we have sort of a historical replica that happens uh, in cycles in Nigeria. I, I don't know why this happens, but um, if you take a cursory look from 19, um, probably 1960 to date, you find that almost the same thing keeps happening. Um, what I see now with, with, with almost everybody that has spoken has been very emotive um, and very passionate, if, you, if, you, if I may add, um, desires for a true country that they want to see. But beyond that, there's a question we must ask. Why is Nigeria where she is today? So let me allow Awa to, to come into the conversation. Hi, Awa. It's good to see you. Um, so, so many things have been said and by 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 the virtue of uh, of uh, checking the box uh, for whatever has been said today is some somewhat disqualified your candidate with candidate on <laughs> and I, I saw you were nodding your head in the negative of course of course views we're looking at who is best to lead Nigeria in 2023. First and foremost, they have disqualified your candidate. He said he was in the government before and you, he doesn't deserve, he doesn't think that he should be given a chance. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much, uh, um, Sheung. Uh, first of all, I want to uh, correct a few things. I'm no longer an actor, but I appreciated the time that I was acting. I'm into um, agri-export and I'm also um, not a member of the APC. I'm just an active citizen. Um, but when uh, you know everyone was speaking, I think they were all talking about my candidate without actually uh, calling his name. Uh, because when you say lead, we're talking about leadership the qualities of leadership. How has this man been able to lead people? What are the people that have um, worked with him, worked um, after him? What do they have to say about him? You know, I really like when um, the PDP talk about restructuring uh, because it's very important. I think restructuring is important. But even when Antoni was speaking, he was um, speaking about uh, the reality in governance. And that brings me to say, you must have, um, you know, a certain level of respect um, or, or control, will I say, from the people 
people of the House of Reps and the Senate and stuff like that to be able to actually get things done? Who is that leader that people respect? Who is that person that everyone is rallying around, um, even in the Senate, in the House of Reps, the governors? It is no other person than Asiwa Jubola Ahmed Tinubu. So that is the only person that can actually make a blueprint, that can actually bring everyone together and get things done. So everyone, when they say, oh, we're talking about the most experienced person, they talked about hospital. The hospital, the most experienced surgeon right now in this hospital is Asiwa Jubola Ahmed Tinubu. And they know this, like, because everything that everyone is saying is leading to him, but they just can't say it. So um, really and truly, I do not feel any type of way because I feel like um, Deji has spoken um, about all this, um, let's have new people and all that. I do agree because I'm a full Nigerian. I'm not a member of APC. I just wanted something with track record. Show me something. Let me see something that you were able to do with your time in office. Let me see people that you were able to build. Let me see that you have the capacity to become the president. So that's why I, um, you know, I uh, chose Asiwajibola Metunumbu as my candidate and um, it's honestly too late um, for us to have someone new. Um, so I, 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 I would um, rule that out. And obviously um, the Peter Obi and everything, I, I, I haven't seen anything uh, so much for me to have confidence um, in his capacity. And I wouldn't blame, uh, blame Anthony if he says that's his second option because uh, they are all PDP members. Uh, so of course um, your second option has to be um, your PDP, um, you know, fellow PDP uh, party member. So I don't, I, I don't question anyone. Thank you so much. The next conversation is who can because we've not seen a four horse race in a long time. It has not even happened since 1999. It's always been two horse races. But this election is going to be very different. Who can win the election? That is also a criteria. Not only that you're a fine person in person, but can you win the race? Isn't it? Well, basically, uh, for me, I think Tinubu is going to win the election. Why, why did you say And so? the reason is very simple. Uh, in Even if you are running for an election in uh, your locality or inside your your estate, if um, four children of the same family are contesting against an outsider that has a united house, it's almost impossible for any of the four kids the same family to de defeat the outsider that is united. So currently you have four branches of PDP who are in the race, running against an incumbent that is extremely corrupt, that has a watch, a, a massive war chest, that is ever willing to buy votes at the slightest opportunity, and with a compromised security architecture in the country. We saw, when, when I hear people shouting about beavers, I always laugh at them. I'm like, were these people not in this country when we had a Kitty and Oshun election? Thank God they were on ground because Channel TV covered uh, those elections. You saw how people were just selling, willingly selling and buying votes on the day of election. So what, what impact will any beavers make on election day when people are selling and buying votes? Uh, so you, so you, ha so you have... Be predominant. The, the, the winner of this election is going to be vote buying. Is vote buying that will determine who wins the election? So... And I'm not being emotional because everybody knows how I disdain, you know, I hate APC and their candidates. So I don't know why anybody would think that me being speaking through to power is, I don't know what any other justification can, it can be. 
it's, yo, it's yo, just yo, that the reason why you think uh, AP, uh, Tinubu will win this election is based on what? On the division in the opposition. It's very simple. You cannot have a divided opposition that has been fractionalized into four different branches. You have the articulated branch, you have the obedient, you have Conquasia, you have a G5 led by WK. There's no way any of them can win any election. Not even in a dream, they can't win. They know. Go on. When you sit down with them and you interrogate, they know that they cannot win. They are just enter entertaining their fans and their with, supporters. Uh, the, the kind of uh, support that Atiku is getting, the kind of support uh, Peter B is getting, you don't, you don't see things that this will count for anything. Yeah, so yeah. Look at I, I don't see Peter B in the election. No, yes, I don't see Peter B in the race. I, seriously, to be sincerely with you. Okay, okay. And I also don't see Concorso in the race. Yes, ordinarily I would say I don't see Atiku in the race. But PDP has a penchant for evil and if they have the opportunity to buy votes, they will buy as much vote as the APC. And so that's why you cannot write them off. You know, because, and again, PDP has endemic structure in this country. Yes, five of their governors have gone away, and that is significant. That is why I sincerely don't see them winning. But that I don't see them winning does not mean I will write them off. But I have written off Ubi and Congress win the election. I don't, there is no... There's no scientific way. There is no miracle. Forget about Obi trying to campaign in the church and sell himself as a Christian candidate. There is no strong, there is no way that Obi can become president in Nigeria. There's no way because the in path is it, not possible. The path to electing presidents, we know how it is done in this country. How presidents are elected in this country. And we know the zones that produce presidents in this country. And there's no way either him or Congress can get any significant vote in those but, states. But, but, Peter will be his, uh, vice presidential candidate if from the Northwest. And Northwest has the he won't, largest... The, the vice presidential candidate of Peter will be will not win his word. Go and write it down. He won't win his word in Zaria. What makes you think so? Because he is not on ground at all. When he was named as vice presidential candidate, I criticized. I said, what kind of choice is this? Why will you go and choose someone that cannot deliver his word to you? So what is he bringing to the ticket? Politics is not about emotion. Politics is a science. Politics is not art. Politics is science. You can put two plus two together, it gives you four in politics. For instance, why am I saying Tinubu will win? Let me give you the reason why I'm saying Tinubu will win the election. APC controls 21 states. Tinubu is talking with five of the PDP governors. I am 100%, 101% that Wiki is working for Tinubu. One, and Go on. Go on. He, Go on. He, has not, he has not. He's announced. lying. He said he has not announced. Everybody around Wiki I've spoken to have assured me that Wiki is working for Tinubu. The only person I've not picked the phone to call is Wiki himself. So how can they be lying? So the majority of the PDP governors are compromised. There are people that are going to allow Tinubu to get 25% in their states. Then look at the Southwest. There's no state in the Southwest that Tinubu will not win. Not one. There's no state in the southwest that he will not win. Then look at all the places where APC have governors. Oshun controls. Uh, PDP, PDP controls Oshun. Tinubu will win, win Oshun. How? He will win Oshun. Uh, I, I will not tell you how, but he will win it. The PDP controls Oyo. He will win. He will win Oyo. Presidential. Tinubu will win Oyo. Yes, he will win because that governor is also working for Tinubu. Let Sheyimakinde come and deny that he's working for Tinubu. So, there is no way a divided opposition can win an incumbent that is extremely corrupt. You were in Oshun, you were in Ekiti for the election. 
how can a labor or an MPP even stand? Even if they are willing to buy votes, who will buy their votes? You see, they are, they are agents that are hungry that once they give them money on election day, they will run away with their money. Uh, let me, because, uh, uh, I mean, you heard what he said. He said, scientifically, your candidate doesn't stand a chance. So the fact is, that is just his own assertion, given the kind of lens that he is using to view the political um, situation in this uh, 2023 election. Um, before now, I think uh, earlier, earlier in the start of, of the election, I always argue that we are going to have a different 2023 election. We're going to have a kind of election whereby the people are not sitting down to allow the political establishment to determine how the election will go. The people will come out, exercise their rights to take ownership of the election. And this is already playing out. Look at the rate of people coming out to get their, to register for their PVCs and get their PVCs. Look at the rate at which young people are getting more interested in politics today. Um, uh, we, we, we had several shows that ordinarily are supposed to like distract young people from politics. We, well, we, we, we had Premier League, we had Big Brother, and currently we're having another, um, another um, fraction of Big Brother. Still, young people are still not distracted. They are ready. Politically, uh, voter apathy is no longer a thing in our, in, in our system anymore. So, I mean, if you go, if any, I mean, I, I had to come to you because most of what that you dismissed your, your candidate and he doesn't think that he has a chance. But do you think that Peter Obi can win this election? Absolutely, he can win this election. I'm talking about Zaria when he mentioned about dirty. As I speak, the House of, uh, House of Assembly uh, member that has Zaria under his own constituency is not in Labour Party. Zaria is as obedient as anyone, as in, it's as obedient as it used to be. So the thing is, they are using the lens of, hey, how Labour Party was, how Peter Obi movement was, in June, in April, when they were telling us that, hey, your vote is wasted, you have four people tweeting in the room, You're, you can't win the polling unit, and today, they are seeing the reality, but then, because of their own sentiment, they don't want to accept the reality. So Peter Obi can shock anybody. Absolutely. And secondly, the Labour Party is not a fraction of the, of the PDP extraction, just as he mentioned. The Labour Party is an opposition standing on its own, ready to face the political establishment, ready to ride on the current political revolution going on, and get into Asorok for us to fix Nigeria. Diola, Awa, and Anthony, thank you so much indeed for coming. But this is how we close. But let me say this. I, I may not be able to vote on election day, not because I don't want to vote, not because I don't have a permanent voter card, but because I will be in the studio covering the election on that day. That is another duty entirely. But what would you say would be your excuse as a citizen of Nigeria who is above 18 years and who has a, is a PVC, even if you don't have the PVC, you still have about a week to collect your PVC, you do not have an excuse. If you do not exercise your voter right, you are simply being irresponsible. Don't forget that people who are less than 18 years of age cannot make the decision. If they had the opportunity, they would be able to do so. So do not regret the opportunity that you have for not doing this because... In this our country, Nigeria, we all will be responsible for the actions that we take today. And that's how we close the show tonight. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. I'm sure I'll see you next week. Bye for now.